Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast, episode 127. 127. I can't even believe it. How are you doing today? Good. So everybody, uh, you got to check this out. Uh, Jim just did a very serious upgrade to his microphone and audio setup. Now he's running more or less uh, professional level gear. So, <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a little bit better Jim's audio feed for you this time. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Hope so. Hope that's all good. So, uh I I've, I've been I've been thinking a lot lately about um believe it or not, knives. Okay. And uh um I had I I've been kind of You know, you kind of step back from from a, a an addiction for a little while and then uh you you start reflecting a little bit about it, and uh, so I've been a I've been a knife addict for since I was a little kid. Literally, it's been probably fifty five years. Right. Okay? So <laughs> fifty five years addiction I've got, and um, and it probably didn't really blow up until nah. I probably was it probably was thirty years ago. I'm thinking is when it really blew up. Probably started getting a little bit of spending money. Yeah, that's and, that's and, what happened for me. It wasn't until I had money, extra money, which wasn't until I was well out of uh, res, general uh, residency. Right. I mean, even for it's, the first couple of years of my practice, I didn't have a hundred extra dollars to go spend yeah. on a knife. That's funny, and and I when I got, I remember when I, when it happened. And I was thinking, everything that I have ever owned or ever ever tried to own or, or or really lusted over was always something that was a practical piece to use. Yeah, it was never. It was never. I was never into you know the fantasy knives. I'm not even a big fan of a lot of Damascus stuff. I appreciate a lot of Damascus stuff, but I was never a big fan of it uh, for for one reason or another. And most of it has to do with the maintenance. Most of it has to do with the fact that the minute you cut something with blood, it, it, it stains it to the point where you got to re-etch it. And it was so a lot of a lot of the stuff that I've always been like tuned into has been something that was practical, something that was um, uh, something that could be maintained fairly easy because. I never spent like hours and hours rubbing my knife with a cloth. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, and, and, need both. Right, I it just it was never my. I never had the time to do that, or never made the time to do that. So, um, so I so I'm think looking back and I'm thinking reflecting. I'm thinking my addiction probably was not to actual knives, but actually using them. Yeah, you know and. Um, whether it was, you know, cutting meat, butchering deer, uh, carving, cutting rope, diving, all of that stuff was all that was knife related was more about the process of using it rather than what it actually is that you're using. So I look at, I look at a lot of stuff that's, that's in the last five years, let's say of in the knife world. And I'm not. I'll take out the the custom makers, 
because that's a th- that's a different a different uh, thing going on there with the, with makers that are customized. I'm looking at mainstream knife companies, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking at their at their products that they're putting out right now, and you know they've got the 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 minimum maintenance as far as the the blade steel that they're using. You know, uh, edge retention. They seem to have got that pretty honed in. They've got, uh, and then I'm looking at it at the at some of the folding knives, and I'm going. I can never remember myself lusting over a folding cleaver. No, yeah, that's like if you look on freaking knife I, center. I, like right now, I'm looking at it to 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 try to get an idea of what you're talking about. And for I, I all the new arrivals, that's what it is. Yeah, I can't I can't get my head wrapped around. I'm thinking what you know, this is listen, I I'm not a little kid. I'm not a uh, I'm not even a young man anymore. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like on the downhill slide. And and I've used knives my whole life. Literally since I was in 3rd grade, I've been well, probably second grade, I've been carrying a knife, a pocket knife. And I'm looking at these folding cleavers going what what would I ever need to use that for that I couldn't have done with what I had. And I can't, I can't get my head right. I can't, I can't go there. I don't understand it. I, I can't. And I've, and I've yet to see anybody actually doing a video or explaining to me why this is a necessary thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of people We'll talk about ring knives that way, you know, the, the yeah, burn trout knives. Those originally. are all up. Uh, that's another thing that's now they're making well, cleaver looking ring knives. Right. Like, and and the, the ring knife, the original ring knife was a marbles burden trout knife. And it was it was designed specifically for the guy that was catching a trout, cutting it out, cut, taking the guts out and putting it in his creel. That that's what was the it was a fisherman's knife for somebody that didn't want to drop their knife in the river. Mm-hmm. That's what that was designed for. I get it. I understand it completely. Um, I carried a ring knife for a long time on my belt as a um, a break contact knife. Right. You know, it was it was uh, uh, indexed with my little finger that you would you know. I would grab it with my off hand, my my index finger immediately put it in the right position. It was a it was kind of a no-brainer. I get that. Some of the other stuff that people are putting rings on, I don't understand. I can't I don't understand. I I don't I don't get the I I don't see the reason behind it. I don't see the rationale behind it. And, and like I said, I don't want to be, you know, it was, I was contemplating this whole thing this morning and I don't want to come off as being negative. I, I really would like to have somebody explain to me why this, why these things are necessary. Why the folding cleaver is a necessary thing. Because <laughs> what, what it looks these, cool, basically. No, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, okay, so boat knives were made specifically to not stab somebody. Right. It's a, it's got the. Um. Uh, that Warncliffe. Yep. This point. the original yeah. the the original uh the original sailors' knives were basically uh, a a Warncliffe or a clipped blade 
of some kind. The tip of it was taken off. Yeah. And uh, a, a fid was was yeah, along yeah. with a marlin spike. Yeah, Case, Case has a freaking awesome version yep. of that that you, I have. You made, yeah, you, and you made me a really nice one. And, and uh, it's really good for rope work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so originally they were designed, and and if you look at a like an old sailor's knife that was a fixed blade, they were not little. They were they were thick knives because they were they were made to hammer the back of yeah. when you were cutting big rope. Yeah, big thick rope, and then you hit it with a, uh, what, a, a belaying pin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So so those knives and that makes sense. That that yeah. that is perfectly makes sense to me. So if somebody's making a sailor's knife, you know, you you make it as it was traditionally made. Yeah, I forgot um, I I did a run of those. Yep, yep. Yeah, I did the, I, I did the the uh marling spike out of uh 01 tool steel rod. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Mine is real nice. I love it. Yeah, and it's and, I had a sheath and I had um Dwayne Puckett put a little eye loop for the fit on there yep yep yeah i remember it's, those yeah so so it's uh so those knives make sense to me i mean it's not a um you know so so i'm i guess i'm like i said i didn't i don't want to be negative i, I don't want to be negative about where the i mean i'm glad that the knife industry is doing pretty well um you know they're 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 making a lot of knives. A lot of the a lot of the big uh, knife companies that were that just basically made uh, knives for the one knife guy. I noticed they're they're they've seen this emerging market and they they're jumping into it with with uh, a lot of collaborations with custom makers, mm-hmm. and it's good. I think it's all around. It's good, um, but the. But some of the designs, uh, I'm not so sure they're made for they, somebody they weren't, that actually. They weren't designed for a use, right? They, they weren't designed with a use in mind. Yeah, they just look they just look cool. So so and, they, and then I don't want it to make it sound like all of these knives are fantasy knives. They're all seem to be very well made. They seem to be the the tolerances are nice. The the lockups are nice. The you know the materials that they're using is nice. The you know, you can go on and on about all of the niceties about these, but I'm just not seeing the, you know, and and I guess, you know, if somebody came to me and said, well, the reason why we're making these is because we're selling these to a foreign country that does not allow anybody to have something that you can stab somebody with. Yeah, that could okay. be. Yeah, and and it's and it's exactly why uh, they used to use well, razors in fights. Yeah, England. Knife fights. England. <laughs> You got a license for that knife, mate? <laughs> okay, I have I have a new knife for you to look at. I just saw it on Knife Center under new, and it's a big friend of the show. He's got a bunch of them up there now. The TM Hunt Big Bear Bowie fixed blade knife, nine point six inches, O one tool steel, and then he's got the his thing is he um, ha- uses the Becker handle under Ethan's blessing. For all his knives but the blade shape looks really good and i like how if you look at it um he's incorporating something i started doing uh where the right before the you sweep up to the tip right that that low point in the knife is a little bit lower than 
the blade at the ricasso so that there's a continuous curve and a little bit of a down sweep to the blade, which is fantastically useful in slicing. Um, so is he ma is he making that th uh, through K bar? No, that's him. It's him, basic, huh? Yeah. Well, he's he's always used on his big knives. He's always used the Becker handle mm -hmm. or a variant thereof, and that was with Ethan's blessing. Um, but he's got some really. That's a really well designed Bowie, in my opinion. Um, it looks like something I would make. And what well, it reminds I, the, me the other of thing that, I really like of, that he he's doing now that that I started doing. Um, that at the time didn't seem like anybody else was doing is if you look at the plunge line uh, in the Ricasso area there, instead of being straight up and down, it's angled forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's one of the things I started doing. And I also, instead of having the grip or the guard straight up and down in front of that, I angled it at the same angle. Right. Um, and that was just, and the only reason I did that is because it, it just looks cool. It looks like the yeah. knife is in motion, and right. I really like that he's doing that now. So so that knife actually reminds me a lot of the, of the uh, what was it, an M18, I think it was his model? No, his no, no, his M, the M18 was a vari variant on the tracker. Right, right, yeah. exactly. But if you look at, if you just take a quick glance at this Bowie, I see some similar lines in it. Yeah. So yeah, like, I have like the, like the way like the way he's got the the uh, tip, how it's upswept in the tip. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it isn't far from the angle of the of the front of that M eighteen. Yeah, I mean you can definitely see the same na maker made both knives. Right, right. You know, exactly. so if, that's if what I meant. I don't yeah. mean it looks like it, but yeah, if you he's got elements of style in his knives that you know some some people develop a style where you can see that they made it even if you don't know that they made that knife so right. before i saw that it was tm hunt that made it i looked at it and i said wow that looks like something todd would yeah. do and right, it right. and it turns out it is um but yeah he's got his own consistent style um the thing i haven't seen him do before is that angled uh plunge line right which to me, that's a fantastic look on a knife. So that that dates that dates back. Uh, I want to say to the first time I remember seeing something like that was in a uh, a Mad Dog knife. Yeah, I, I, other people have done it. I'm not yeah. claiming to no, have invented but I'm, it. But, but I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the stylish, like like my um, one of my dive knives is a. Uh, mission titanium and it has that same same curve to it and that and that's and i think that they draw that from uh the early mad dog influences on those knives because that that one that i'm i can't think of the the model number but it was it's like one of their original ones was actually a knife that uh mad dog kevin mcclung made and um the Navy SEALs requested that style in titanium. That's how they made that knife. Okay. And if you uh, if you look at it, that model, you'll notice that the the handle is shaped 
like just like that, same same kind of a curve on the front of it, right at the Ricasso, yeah. and it and it fits like that right in their sheath. So it matches the sheath line, or the sheath line matches that uh, handle line. It's pretty cool, pretty cool. So, so and I, I look at that and I look at those design aesthetics, and I think that's that's really well put together. Really, every element of those knives fits. Yeah, it's everything in there has a purpose. Right, exactly. You know, and and you you can only make a knife like that if you understand the purpose and the features that are going to make that purpose easier. Right, right. And, yeah. and like, you won't, like, I mean, you can look at that in a lot of cars, the designs of, of the cars of the, of the, uh, like, the design elements of cars from the 40s. Yeah. And the, er, and the early 50s. With the center headlight. That was yeah. so fucking tight. <laughs> if you, if you look at, those were, those were, um artsy elements added to a car yeah you know same with boats artsy elements they were they were but they all but they they had to be artsy but they had to actually perform a specific duty yeah like they had to make the yeah it had to make the boat better by by having these design elements in it and so it was uh we it's not like we just put the flare the way we put the flare we put the flare there because it was it made the boat run down the water better it made the boat take waves on its port quarter better than if if it wasn't there. Um, it it limited the amount of, of uh, splashing that went on to, onto the upper decks on the top decks of the boat. So all of those things like that, you know the the um, and they were all and those were all done by doing models. Yeah, you know, modeling them, prototyping them, testing them, and going back to it. Um, I, I ran across a video about a guy that was testing his all-wheel drive on his car. And I was thinking to myself, it's a brand new car, 2021 car. Mm-hmm. And he's got one inch of snow on the road. And he's he's testing his all-wheel drive system on his car. And I thought, okay... For one thing, you're not a test driver, you're not a technician, you're not anything to do with designing or making a, a doing a car test. And the the notion that a car company would not have tested that system prior to going into manufacturing and making 10 billion of them is a ridiculous notion. So they everybody uses that word test i'm testing it out i'm testing it out you're not testing it out it's already been tested <laughs> it's already been tested and it typically works if you're inventing something and you test it out you don't just toss you don't just invent it and then toss it out into the public and say here try this out test it see if it works you know and if it kills a half a dozen people oh wait a minute we're talking about the medical we're talking about the uh <laughs> pharmaceutical industry now <laughs> uh, yeah no. but you know what i'm saying though i mean it's like wh- wh- how are you testing this you're tr- you're turning it on and what if, if you don't go off the road does that mean you it, it works <laughs> all right so uh, on another subject if people want to see a really fucking cool looking boat that i've you know piloted and driven around in and 
um, that's one of the coolest looking boats you'll ever see. Is that Garwood? No, no, no. 1971 Glastron, Glastron <laughs> Carlson CV-19. Is that the one that looks like a bat boat? Bill, you you just look it up. It's the 1971 um, Glastron Carlson CV-19. Uh, and the one I saw, one I was around in was Blue Sparkle. But those were some really sharp boats, way, way ahead of their time. Um, but yeah, th those were, and they were, it was, that one was a really good ski boat. What was it called? A Glastron what? Carlson CV-19 from 1971. Glastron Carlson. So when you, oh yeah, the, 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 tell me that, that doesn't that, look bad ass. Well, isn't isn't that the isn't that the boat that was on James Bond? I don't know, I I don't know what it was on James Bond, but it, it you know the you know the one where they were in the bayou running through the bayou. Yeah, but I don't remember. That's um, that's live and let die, and I don't know what right. that boat was. But uh, anyway, I've they, driven they, that they boat, a, and it was fantastic. They made a sixteen foot version of that too. It had wings on it. Nice. The other yeah. the other boats I really like are the old um, 50s era Chris Crafts. So so this is kind of a, a neat little bit of, of, of history. And I don't remember. I may not get the year right, but um, Garwood, you could buy Garwood boats in the, in the 30s, in the 20s, 30s. Uh -huh. They actually made a boat. That in like nineteen in the in the in the early part of the century, yeah, the twentieth century, they made a boat that made a hundred miles an hour. Jesus, a wooden boat, yeah, with a flathead engine in it. Wow. Okay, hundred miles an hour. Holy crap! I don't know that you can actually buy. I guess you can. I guess you can buy a boat that'll go a hundred now. Oh yeah, yeah. But before they sell it, boats. Be, but before they sell it to you, you if you buy it brand new, they typically say you got to have a class in how to drive it. Okay. You know because it because you go a hundred miles an hour on the water. That's a that's yeah. Not like that's going hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. even even sixty because that Glastron Carlson would easily go sixty, and it, it seemed yep. like you were flying. Right. You know, well, you were. You were, you, you were yeah, most you, of the boat is out of the water. Yeah, and you, you hit any kind of big waves or anything going that fast, or you get one coming in quartering towards you, and you can end up in a world of hurt really fast. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah, so uh, anyway, so yeah, the testing thing is kind of interesting, you know, that, that you know, we're testing it. We're, we're testing it. What, I mean, that's... And I don't think people understand what the word test means. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're if you're testing something, you've got to have like controls and you have to have, you know, the environment has to be a certain thing so that you can reproduce the test over and over and over again. You know, I don't know. They should just use the word. I'm trying it out. Yeah. You know, or I. Well, that's probably a more accurate statement. Yeah. Than testing. I'm trying it, it out. I already know it works. Yeah. You know, testing is already, I mean, I don't know. 
I, anyway, so, sometimes sometimes those things bring me off on a tangent, and it and uh, probably not. All right, the best so I got another tangent. Um, it being St. Patrick's Day next week. Oh yeah, St. Patty's Day. So uh, here's the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna save you a lot of money. Okay. Go right now to Meyer, and on the end caps they have corned beef brisket for three ninety nine a pound. Ooh. That's cheaper than freaking hamburger. I'm going. Yeah, they they literally have it at cost. I bought two today, and I'm gonna buy three more next time I'm there, because. Uh, yeah, hamburger's five dollars now. Right. Well, so did you I? You know why? You know why? You know why? Because hmm. the Russians are invading Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, it was five dollars a pound before any of that happened. <laughs> uh, anyway, you know the um, the uh, did I ever tell you? Did I ever give you any of my pastrami that I made? Oh, yeah. 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 That was very good. Yeah. So so all you have to do to take that corned beef and turn it into pastrami is you um, pepper it real good and uh, put some cori- coriander and pepper and salt on it and pack it in there. Then throw it in the smoker for a few hours to get the smoke flavor. And then you take it and you put it in a steamer and you steam it for a little bit. Uh, like until the internal temperature is at least 206 and then you can take that and you cool it down and you can slice it into the pastrami and it's fabulous i mean it's great so i'm i since i bought all that corned beef today i'm tonight i'm having my uh pastrami sandwiches uh did did you uh what kind of smoker did you get you got a green I egg still, but did yeah, you get a Traeger too no i still have that um master built when that one burns yeah. out i'm going to get a traeger yeah the pellet yeah. ones because everybody that has one says they're great and i yeah. i was skeptical of them at first but now i'm coming around and honestly what i'd rather have is uh, an actual pit yeah you know an offset smoker like i used to have yeah because i used to be able problem... to do 80 pounds of meat in there and it right. was amazing and i i have a pit the problem with them is it takes a lot of wood and yeah, a lot of effort. And it's yeah, that's that's and that's a that's yeah. the one thing. It's like I've I've got a pit and I haven't used it now in like three years since I got yeah. the master bill. Four years maybe. Um I could do and mine's not a big one. I can do uh I think four pork butts on it. Five no, six pork butts on it. Yeah, so you can do sixty pounds. Yeah. Yeah, and, no problem. But it's a it's literally uh every hour and a half you're adding wood. Yeah, so it it only you know, makes and, sense to use one of those if you're doing if you're doing a huge party, right? Right. You know, but even then, if you got to be careful because it, if if you you can get it too smoky, yeah, you can get it. Uh, you know, the you can, the temperature is hard, difficult to control. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of so, there's a lot of nuances that go along. Yeah, with that. If so, somebody's using one for a long time, they understand it. Yeah, uh, where. The set it and forget it thing is, yeah, pretty attractive. But you don't get the smoke ring when you're yeah. doing brisket, and that's disappointing. I like the set them and forget it, but you know, with the um, the you trick you with you don't get a smoke you don't get a smoke mm-mm. ring on your master build. No, it's literally impossible because why. it has to do with um, th- I think that that's a carbon monoxide reaction. Oh, that you don't get with a. I, oh, somebody yeah, somebody only, explained it once. Smoke. I don't remember. I mean, yeah, and you know what? That make that makes sense because you're uh, when you have an electric element 
going, you are not uh, you're not combusting anything. No, it's the only thing that combusts is like maybe a handful of wood chips, right? A- and that's not enough. But so the trick, um, if you want more consistency and less smoky out of your pit barbecue, uh, what I used to, to do was uh, I would start a fire beside the thing and then once you had the wood burnt down where all of the where it's no longer smoking you know so once you've got big coals take a shovel and put those into the pit right you know but that that involves quite a bit of effort unless and unless you're doing a lot of meat and a lot of wood yeah a lot of wood a lot of meat although you know what i have never done and and i guess you can use them is just buy the bag of cowboy briquette. Yeah, cowboy lump, charcoal. lump lump charcoal will do the same thing. And and actually, to be to be completely honest, almost all the time that I ran my pit, I was using lump charcoal that I'd start in a charcoal can and right. then dump in there once it was going really well. Um, and that, uh, oh man, it's so good because essentially what you're doing if you if you start a fire outside and burn the wood until it's um, till it's you know coals is you're making charcoal right you're just going through a lot of extra effort you know but anyway I digress um, well you know we're all going to be making lots of charcoal here shortly because that's probably how we're going to be cooking shortly you know how they do uh, charcoal in the jungle yeah that's exactly what we're going to be doing yeah the, you take all your wood and uh people you might you might you might could listen to this and take some notes here um they take all their wood and it can be any kind of wood it's mostly just trash wood like they'll cut up some bushes or some crap you make a big pile and then you cover that with either dirt or sand or something a big huge pile of it and then uh there's just a little air hole at the top and you light a fire up there and you can walk away for a couple days, and then by the time that dirt and wood pile is about half the size, then you've got charcoal. So, um, back to the back to the five dollar gas. <laughs> um, it makes you want to look at uh, wood gas. Oh yeah, methanol. No, 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 wood gas. Um, so a lot of, of uh, during World War II, a lot of Hitler's army, their trucks ran on what's called wood gas, meaning they would take like a garbage can and they would fill it up with wood and they would take a fire and make it underneath the garbage can. And the smoke and wood gas that came off of the wood as it was, it was uh, degrading. Mm-hmm. It would suck it directly into the carburetor. Okay. And so they would start. Uh, there's a there's actually a lot of videos online about guys running generators and stuff like this off of off of wood gas. Um, you take you, a regular gas carburetor, you know, just a regular carburetor, and you run a tube from this garbage can into it, and that um, it sucks the wood gas from the garbage can into the engine, and it'll run. Huh. Cool. And, it, and it's just all it is is uh, um, it's like the process of making charcoal. Yeah. And it's the stuff that comes off of it as you're making the charcoal. Okay. 
and uh, it, it runs just like a gasoline engine. Yeah. And so, you know, we're going to be seven, eight, nine dollars before too long. We're not going to be able to. Yeah, it'll you know, it's it's not going to go down anytime soon. So yeah. And the other thing all, is it's is all now about the electric car. It, good luck finding lumber. Okay, because. Biden didn't directly raise the price of lumber, but what he did was he shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and immediately uh, Canada put a 25% um, tariff in place on wood going to us from them. Right. So, <laughs> you know, one one that's thing why, affects the why, other. Nobody seems to know about to that. that. That's why you need to read that book I sent you. It's 900 pages, dude. It's It's all right. It's all right. Because it's all about it's all about unintended consequences. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know, it, but it's a it's this whole situation that we're in right now is totally fascinating. For one thing, I'm not seeing 80 million people rallying to his side and saying what a great job he's doing. Yeah, they're eerily all you hear is crickets. Right. <laughs> um. It's kind of interesting because. Uh, I mean, I, the Ukrainian president, I have a lot of, uh, I, I think he's exerted some extremely good leadership qualities. I did hear some things about him that I'm not real pleased about. Uh, but what what Russia's doing right now is uh, fighting Americans, is what they're claiming. Americans? Yeah, yeah. It's the Ukrainian Ukraine is an is an arm of the American political system, I guess, uh, and, and uh, that's what that's apparently what Putin's fighting is what what he's claiming. Okay, uh, and uh, I don't know. I it's a mess, and I'm, I'm afraid we're on the edge of a we're on the brink of a of a uh, a really bad situation. Okay, I have uh, I have I, a very important question for you. Okay. Have you ever eaten at a Waffle House? Oh, absolutely. Have you ever eaten at an IHOP? Absolutely. Which is better? Waffle House. It times times a thousand, <laughs> times a billion. And okay, so <laughs> no, I'll tell no, you why scale, I came on to a this. Scale of one to two. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So I I, I did a test uh, one week apart. So everybody, I went down to Georgia last week to do a little research on the Diablo sandwich and I have successfully answered all of those questions and we'll have a video coming up on how to make them very soon but uh, the other thing I was there's no waffle houses up here no the closest one is Toledo Ohio and it's 110 miles away from me and then I don't necessarily think you're getting the correct experience there right because it's not in the south right. so Let's let him do his thing. Maybe he's calm now. Well, so I went to the Waffle House for breakfast. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me tell you what you get at Waffle House. Okay, so it's like it's like a lunch counter style place. It, they have a lunch counter, but and they also have booths, but the booths are up against the same wall as the kitchen is in. So the waitresses can walk around inside there and take your order and they don't have to come out into the dining room at all. Uh, and you can see everything that's going on back there. Right. So no spitting going on. Nope, because you yeah, everybody can see what's going on, and they'll have a fry cook, and then they've got like a bacon cook. 
And I've only been in Waffle House twice, but both times the fry cook and the bacon cook were arguing incessantly. So you get you you get some entertainment that way. I can't uh, believe you've only been to Waffle House twice. Uh, where have I where have I been where they are? Except when I was in Louisville, but you know, it's uh, anyway. I they just weren't around, and there's really IHOPs weren't around either when I was growing up. Yeah. So we went. We used to every time we would drive to Florida, we would that would be the every almost every stop was at a Waffle House. Right, because you can get dinner there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the, always eat breakfast, but yeah, they have. You know what they have? They have what's really good is uh, their hash browns. Yeah, I I got to get them with tomatoes in it. Yeah, you can onions. get them all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like tomatoes and onions in them. It's really good. Yeah, and there's a secret menu surrounding that. Yeah. You can get it with chili on it too. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just got the regular hash browns, and they're superior. Yeah, they're just they're better, really you know. And so to test out and see, I'd, I'd never eaten at an IHOP before either because it just wasn't a thing when I was growing up. So Gretchen and I went to the IHOP this morning. Okay. Oh, okay. The atmosphere sucks. Yep. There's no lunch counter. Um, yep. They On the restaurant, they're supposed to have like a vestibule so when it's cold out, you don't get smashed with cold every time somebody comes in. So they did have a vestibule, but they had the inner doors open. So (laughs) it defeated the whole purpose of the vestibule. So we sat there and froze our ass off. Um, Their hash brown, their eggs were good. The sausage was a little overcooked, but so was the sausage at Waffle House. Their toast was good. Their hash browns are off, dude. I'm sorry, they're just off. Yeah. And it's because they have their griddle too hot. Right. You know, it before it, yeah, Waffle House, it's perfect. It caramelizes, you know, it gets that nice brown and there's no burntness to it. And the other thing they do is they only do one side and then they flip it over so the caramelized side is up on your plate and right. they keep it nice and thin. Right. Um, not so at IHOP, man. Those are, no, that, I, that's not been, my jam. Yeah, I've never been impressed with IHOP. Uh, I used to like Denny's. Denny's, yeah. Denny's was probably the closest to the similar breakfast to Waffle House, but it still wasn't Waffle House. Yeah, but it was. Um, it was. Denny's is good, and and Perkins yeah. is good too. Yeah. Denny's. They had some weird smog burger. Smog burger. So so here's another one for you. If you go. Uh, Towards Louisiana, yeah. There's another place called, and I don't know exactly how far reaching they are, but they have another one that's like a Waffle House, and it's called the Huddle House. Yeah, I've seen those. I've never stopped at one. Right. They're they're almost identical. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're I. They're like oh, there's one in a, Chicago. A Huddle House. Yeah. Uh, there's none in. There's one in. Um, I don't think there's any here. South, south, directly south of me. There's none in Michigan, and there's there's scarce. Um, there's a few in Illinois. There's one in Chicago. There's a few in Indiana, but further so it's south. Like, it's like McDowell's. Yeah, yeah, McDowell's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's like we have the all beef patty. It's- Special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions. But we don't use a sesame seed bun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So it, it, we are unanimous that Waffle House is way better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. It, it's, that's the official preferred breakfast of the Knife Journal podcast. There you go. If you're going to eat at a chain. Yeah, they, they're good. Yeah. They're definitely good. Oh. So um, we're in World War Three now. Well, we're in the pre precursors to it potentially. I think I think we're I I think economic war is yeah, part of Yeah. This, well we're so, definitely in that. Um I see that uh I don't know who's actually doing the seizing, but I guess there's been four I think it was four or five of the biggest super yachts in the world have been seized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, huge, huge boats. Yeah, like feed ships. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who's doing the seizing, but, uh, but that's but that's going on. Um, the um, Ukrainians are beating the shit out of the Russians, but I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last. It's it's going to be hard. Yeah. Yep, I don't. I don't know as they have the stomach to go door to door. I mean, I I honestly believe that the only way that the Ukrainians are going to stop is if they're all annihilated. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that they're just going to give up. I mean, I I just don't. I don't see it. I saw a video this morning of uh, an old couple. They must have been in their seventies or eighties, and they had four Russian soldiers were walking down the street. And these two uh, two older people were giving them what for, yelling at them, screaming at them, and they actually turned around and sent them the other way. <laughs> so 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 either either the Russians don't want to fight or the Ukrainians really have bad breath. Well, I don't think I don't think the Russian dudes really want to be fighting Ukrainian dudes. No, I don't. Well, at, on any level, do they want listen, to do that? Listen, it was grandma and grandpa. Yeah, nobody Ukrainian wants to grandma shoot and grandma. grandma and grandpa. Bitch, bitching out these four guys you know it was funny they were bitching at three guys and and another guy showed up the other three backed up and then so grandma and grandpa started yelling at that guy <laughs> and so he was probably lieutenant uh, Sp- boris Spassky or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lieutenant boris, boris. <laughs> and he he got he got what for and uh and they all four of them turned around and walked away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, there you go." Well, can't I can't argue with a can't argue with a babushka. <laughs> no, hell no. That that could be their grandma. Yep, they and, know and better. I, and I think it's I think it's sad because I don't believe that I don't believe for one instant that the Russian people want this. No, I just don't think it. Nobody uh, wants it. No. Yeah, I had a I had a nightmare that. Uh, I was going to have to go to Ukraine last night <laughs> and I was packing for it. Hey, so, so, uh, I hear some Intel for you. Okay. The, uh, foreign legion, the, the, that they created. Yeah. There, right. You go over there and you sign up. It'll take you $2,000 a day. What? Really? Yeah. They're paying oh, yeah. you that much. Oh yeah. But you're there for the duration. Yeah. You're joining their military. You uh, you leave, guess what? You're a deserter. 
you're a deserter. Yeah, but I can't believe they'd pay you two grand a day. Maybe well, we are, two thousand rubles a day. US, I believe the U.S. is paying them. Really? That's kind of illegal, though. Well, that's kind of what's going on. Because hmm. the U.S. gave uh, Ukraine a bunch of money. Okay. To to do this, and they're hiring, basically a mercenary army to help out their their army. Well, they're going to need that. So you go you go over there. You bring all your your gear, your military gear, your camouflage clothes your boots your you know your rucksack your canteens your ammo belt your body armor your helmet your gloves your sleeping bag and they'll give you an ak and a bunch of ammunition and magazines uh, i just don't think that that would be super effective <laughs> to take re regular dudes off the street and think they're gonna well, they did able that to fight from 18 to 70. Yeah. Ukrainians. Yeah, the problem is the discipline, although the Ukrainians have a really good reason to stand and fight because there's not really an alternative for them. Right. right. You know, so Russia's at a disadvantage for that because none of those guys, I mean, what the hell do they care? They're, you know, it's not like right. it's not like they're going to get a piece of land out of Ukraine. Right. If they go over there and fight, that's all going right. to go to cronies of Putin's. Right. But, um, yeah. So then I, then I saw this morning that there was a, uh, the only independent news agency in Russia uh, basically got shut down. They all walked off their set um, at the same time. The whole, the whole station quit. Because of, because they were censoring, Russians wanted to censor their stuff, and they were, like I said, the only independent news agency in Russia. So now it's all state-run news, just like it is here. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it'd, be like, it'd be like Fox is the only independent, and everybody else is the governmental news agency. And But listen, look how easy it is for them to cancel somebody. <laughs> yeah. Look how easy it is for them to take the trucker's money and seize their bank accounts and their trucks and take their licenses away. Well, there you go, you know, or to have political prisoners. Yep. <laughs> you know, we yeah. we have political prisoners in this country. Oh, yeah, uh, you, we just don't want to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, Dinesh D'Souza was one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, he, they threw him in jail and threw away the key for a while. Uh, and then, you know... There's tons that, of other, other ones. Kid, what was the other kid that they caused? They said caused a 9/11. Oh, I don't know. No, no, not 9/11. He, they caused the, uh, the kid with the videotape that caused uh, not 9/11. It was. Um, oh, the the Benghazi. Yeah, Benghazi. Benghazi. Yeah, I don't you know, know what became of him, but. Yeah, he's still probably locked up. Yeah, because. <laughs> if people actually saw what the well, I remember. So I was watching CNN at the time they were doing that and they had it was clearly a plant some guy that was faking an Iraqi accent and he had like a glue on mustache to look Middle Eastern <laughs> and it was clearly some white CIA dude faking an accent saying it was because of the video the video made us mad and we attacked like, like that's how ridiculous it was you know it was so obvious and I wish I'd had paid more attention because I, I saw it and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck ever? This guy's a plant. Like, <laughs> give me a break. 
It's the most obvious shit ever. Some white dude with a glue on mustache and like a little, <laughs> you know, robe and yeah, headscarf that he bought you know, at the what, haji shop down do. the street. But sometimes it's amazing. Yeah. What they do. Okay. So on another subject, I found the absolute perfect arcade game for Jim. <laughs> so I've been taking my kids bowling. Uh, lately at this bowling alley it's like revel bowl or something like that it's right up by me off stadium drive uh they have axe throwing what is it axe throwing oh. and it's legit they have like a end on axe target up there with all this and they give you axes and you can go in there and toss axes and people are in that. there doing it uh yeah it, you're about 10 feet away and it's like a, a hatch, you know, it's about the size of a small forest axe. Can you bring your own in? I doubt it. Um, but then in front of it, it's got like a rubber floor. Uh-huh. So that if the axe doesn't stick, it hits the rubber floor and it doesn't keep bouncing back to you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty slick. I thought got, you'd they, like that. You got tournaments? I, you could. You could rent it and have a tournament. Ooh. Yeah, because you can rent it by the hour, and it's like I think it was like twenty bucks, and you get two lanes. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, so I found uh, the perfect arcade game. <laughs> there you go. I want to do it. Yep. I am there. I am there. So right now, my rye bread for tonight is rising. I'm oh, doing that a. Good. Oh, I. Okay, people, I went to uh, Frankenmuth and then the best place to eat in Frankenmuth is in the basement of Zenders in the cafeteria. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Cause it's like cafeteria style stuff and it's like so good. But you know, I ate, I was there for a week playing drums and I got kind of sick of just eating sausage, sauerkraut and mac and cheese. So I went up to the griddle and this lady uh, was like running the griddle and I ordered a Reuben and she has the absolute trick to Rubens. Because the problem I always run into is you put cold corned beef, your sauerkraut and all that cheese and all that on the bread. And you put it on the griddle. And by the time everything is warm and the cheese is melted, the bread is like fried. Right. So she did it right. And this is how I'm going to do it from now on. She took the corned beef, uh, formed a little thing on the griddle. And then she put the uh, sauerkraut and the cheese, and she cooked that separate until the cheese was melted. And then she put it on the bread, buttered bread, and did both sides. So nice. and it was perfect. It was perfect. Nice. So I'm doing that tonight. Only I'm using uh, the pastrami on my. Did you get a new stove yet? It's I have paid for it. Uh, it's coming in August. Yeah, I paid for it up front, but it's it was a over a year wait to get one. Mm. <laughs> but it's it's the same one I had in Traverse City. Yeah, yeah. And I I've already talked about how they how I had to pay extra because of that dude oh, that the, thought your house would fan. collapse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So that's a what eight percent in eight uh, percent. Inflation right now. Yep. I just heard this morning 
apparently yesterday he said uh, Biden's getting a little testy about the gas prices. And I guess he said the price of gas went up 75 cents since Putin put his 150,000 men on the Ukrainian border. And I thought, okay, so that accounts for 75% of the $5. 70 Where'd the other yeah. where'd the other $3 come from? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It, and that happened like the day after he was elected because he uh, cucked our supply. Yeah. You know, and he pissed off Canada by shutting down. And Canada wants us to open it up. Right. And so there's all these knuckleheads on the Internet tr- saying, oh, it was only 8% done anyway. Well, I heard on the news yesterday, or not yesterday, but sometime this last week that Canada wants to restart that and they they say this can be finished by January. Right. Like this can be done by January because everything is already in place, like everything. Right. You know, I I had friends that were working on that that lost their job, you know. Right. But anyway. But they found a new job in the in the in the uh wind uh <sighs> In the hot air, they, <laughs> yeah, they, right. The hot air industry. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, they they found they uh, were told to learn to code. <laughs> so you remember, remember uh, when? Oh yeah. When they were gonna shut down all the coal? Well, they did shut down all the coal plants, and everybody's like, "Well, what are you gonna do with these people? That that's like their livelihood." And Obama says, "We're gonna teach them to code." And all this. And so when all the newspapers started closing and the newspaper people were bitching about it on Twitter, people said, well, you need to learn to code. And Twitter, (laughs) Twitter banned all of those people who said learn to code because it was hate speech. It's hate speech if you tell these people to learn to code, but not somebody else. (laughs) Anyway, and and to be honest, like if you could see my bookshelf, there's tons and tons and tons of coding books up there because i in, i enjoy it i ever you since i was a little kid i enjoyed that, that. so but it's not easy oldest, you know my oldest boy like here's a book a good friend of his book right here i'm working on um well it's uh let's see oh c plus plus yeah so i i've been fiddling around with c plus plus for a couple years just because it's fun yeah you know i enjoy it but so um I have a friend of my my oldest boys. He was they went through elementary school and high school together. Or, uh, they've been friends forever. Yeah. And he became a computer programmer. Went to college to become a computer programmer. And he did know how to code. And you know what he said? Hmm. It's the worst job you could ever ask for. Yeah, it sucks. He said, "You know why?" He said, "Because you're always looking for another job." He said. Every time you do something, you find out that the Indians do it cheaper. Yeah. From India, they do it cheaper. All of those guys, right? Because in they India don't have do to pay cheaper. for things like a fucking toilet. Fifty percent of them shit in the street, and well, that's not my that's, numbers. That's the World Health Organization's number. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't have to pay for a toilet and running water. I mean, <laughs> you- so why? So if you were if you were a if you were designing a uh, an industry or a, 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 an economy, why would you say learn how to code? 
Yeah, it's something that can when, easily when be done. India does it for one eighth the cost of everybody else that lives here. Yeah, you know, I mean, and that's what—that's the kind of stuff that you know young people don't seem to get a handle on. You need um, to learn to fucking weld. Is what you need to learn to do. You need to learn right. how to do be an electrician or a plumber. You're going to be—you're going to be needing to learn how to farm. Yeah, well, you better lo- start learning how to milk goats. All my stuff is coming up, by the way. Yeah, Speaking of learn that. to farm. I saw that. Yeah, the only so, only thing that's not is the peppers from Guyana, but those take a lot longer. But everything else is coming up. So I got a couple other exciting things that happened in the past week or so. Okay, let's uh, hear it. That was released. The first one was uh, they found Shackleton's Endurance. I saw that. I saw that. It's freaking uh, awesome. what is it, 100 years, 120 years, 110 years? Yeah. Uh, and the, the part that I thought was so classic was we found it with five minutes left on the battery. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's totally what happens to always. always. <laughs> there's, there's two things that, that always happen. One is you find it with five minutes left on the battery. The second one, you always find it in the last place you look. Well, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in 10,000 feet of water. Right. Exactly. And the other one was they, they released information that they found a, another shipwreck in Lake Superior that's in, like, I think it was in, like, 800 feet of water. Oh, cool. Which is cool. Uh, one that's been missing for 150 years, something like that. Pristine condition. The the images that I did see of the Endurance were were uh, pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's well it, preserved. It was like, like, perfect condition. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, that... Uh, that that water is very cold and, lo- and very uh, low oxygen. Yeah, very low oxygen, and uh, hey, there's I, there's not going to be much to salvage off that ship, homies. <laughs> you, yeah. you bring that sucker up, it's for historic research only. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You find a couple people that got eaten and <laughs> stuck in the That's larder, a, maybe. Have you have you read that book? Yeah, I that have. Was, I, I haven't read that about. I mean, uh, it was really good. Yeah, and I need to I need to read that. Well, that's how I come I bought that Optimus stove. You know that's the square they, one. That's what they use. Yeah, that's the, the the exact one. I I as soon as I read that, I did some research and I found the model. And you and I have that stove. It's not the right, round right. one. It's the square one. Right. Yeah. Yep. I like the round one. I like the round. Yeah, one it's as a, it's as a cute. Good backpacking stove. Yeah, it's cute. I like it too. But that Optimus is the one that that it's a kind of a rectangular stove where the lid opens up and you got a yep. burner in there. They but, Actually, I actually have two of those. Cool. I have a I have an 8 and a I think it's a a number 8 and a number 12. Okay. One is bigger than the other one. Yeah. It's a little bit bigger than the other one. It, it but people it runs off the exact same principle as the Whisper Light and all those stoves today. So the stove technology really hasn't changed all that much. Right. You, su- you know superheat the really fuel well so that it vaporizes. It ke- it works really well in cold and at altitude. And at altitude. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I like the Whisper Light International as opposed to the canister fuels and things like that. Yes, the canister fuel stoves are lighter, but dude, they're more convenient. And they're more convenient, but dude, you can burn kerosene, you can burn camping stove fuel, you can burn gas, you can burn whatever the fuck you want in those whisper lights, and you can do it at altitude, right? Uh, and in the extreme cold, and 
some of those other models just don't hold up. They'll work, but just kinda. All right, All right. what do you got? So it's a Nalgene bottle. Right. With a NASA sticker. And it's, it's wide like, mouth. It's, 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 it came with it. Nice. Where'd you get NASA that? logo. So we got the old one. And the new one. Oh, cool. Where'd you get that those? Means, yeah, that's nice. Bought them from, bought them from Nalgene. Had them. Oh, cool. Right online on their, on their website. The only thing you can't get right now are these. Oh, the canteens. Yeah, yep, the plastic canteens. Yeah, they have. They for some reason they don't have them. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but but you can't get them yet. I don't know if it's made out of it because it's made out of different plastic. Yeah. Um. But I picked up a couple. I picked up these guys, and I picked up uh, um two Nalgene flasks. Oh, cool. They're like one pint flasks. Yeah. They're they're pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the wide mouth ones because yep. uh, it's easier to get water in there from a stream or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and they fit. Uh, I have that, that filter that clips right onto the top of these bottles. Oh, yeah. That one pump filter I got. My filter just... is a handkerchief yeah. <laughs> and those little iodine tablets. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, that's what I've used all over the world. Haiti, Philippines, Amazon jungle. Yeah, I've never gotten sick from the water doing it that way. But, uh, yep, that'll work. Yeah. So what do you got? Okay. It's kind of an old TV show, and you, you may or may not have watched it. Um, it's from 1990, and I think I maybe saw one episode of it because for me – I was in football, wrestling, and heavily involved playing drums at the time. So for me to consistently be able to watch a TV show just wasn't a thing. Twin Peaks. Ah, I have never watched that show. Dude. I seriously have never watched that show. And everybody, and I remember when that was going on. And that was like the hottest show. It's like four years long. It's only two. Two. Yeah. And... I've never watched it, and people went ape bananas over well, it. Well, a certain select group of people did. There's a reason they only did two seasons. It wasn't super popular, but um, it's just really uh, quirky. And I, I tried to get my wife to watch it like 10 years ago, and she just wasn't having it. But uh, as soon as we finished The Wire, I'm like, hey, would you mind if we watched some Twin Peaks? And she's like, okay. And now she's like hooked. <laughs> I know we we started watching uh, Game of Thrones again. Yeah, you said that, and that and that show literally there. You watch that the second time around, and more things you get more way more out of it the second time around. Yeah, it's like Sopranos you, you, or any little, of those. There's a lot of little nuances in there that you just do not. You don't pay attention to it, or or it's you don't know the significance of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you watch it the second time through, and holy moly, yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah, that's that's like any of those really well done shows, like Soprano or or The Wire or Deadwood. Yep. Like you can, it has high rewatchability um, capability. I, I'll eventually watch that. I think I watched a couple seasons and got sick of it. But the 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 best episode, you know which one it is. Oh yeah, shame. Yep. 
ding 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 yep. ding shame yep. <laughs> that and yep. the uh uh whenever they would say it is known khaleesi yeah <laughs> <laughs> for a while uh like i'd be doing something and my wife would be like god damn it why are you doing that blah 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 you know uh well i have to do it this way no you don't i mean it is known Khaleesi and then she would just lose her shit. <laughs> so the what was the other line is uh from this day until your end day. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that one. I get a kick out of that out of the giant guy with a big red beard. Okay. And he falls in love with that other the lady knight. Okay. She's not really a knight, but she's a lady. She's huge. Okay. She's like Brienne of Tarth. Okay. Yeah, I read oh, the not, books. I, I haven't seen you should, you much of the it. series. You seriously invest in HD, HBO for about six months and watch it. <sighs> yeah. I guess you could only, you can, I guess you probably could buy the, buy you, it on DVD I'm sure you can buy the series off of Amazon. But, uh, but Yeah. But I bet you it's not cheap. Yeah, it's probably 20 bucks a season, something like yeah. that. It's usually what they run, but... Uh, you can get Twin Peaks for nine ninety nine for a season. On Amazon? Yep. It's totally worth it. It's awesome. <laughs> and I'm that. not supposed to play music on the podcast anymore, but the music from that was, like, really kind of cool. Yeah. Like, really kind of quirky and I don't know. We need to find a source for music. Yeah, but I've looked at all those. They're garbage. I know the, the epidemic thing we were we were talking about they have a lot of um uh sound effects and that kind of stuff yeah but, but the music is not any good. no that's the thing there's a reason they're giving it away um but i don't know i i don't think it, we're not monetizing this so no you know they could come after you for money if you were actually making any money off of it but <laughs> well I, I did get i did get emails from spotify what'd they say they basically said we're uh, we're gonna take them down. Oh, if you keep and doing it or something. Yeah. They didn't take them down, uh, but they and I didn't hear anything else about it. So I don't know. You know, I've heard the 15 second rule, and I heard a freaking lawyer for the music industry say that there's no such thing. Yeah, I. It's I probably just safer 15, not to do it. I, I don't know if the 15 second thing means that their bots won't find it. That's probably what it is. Under 15 seconds. And that's why people do it because I hear it on the radio all the time. Yeah, the, but they, the they they're paying stupid. recording uh, industry association. There's a five thousand dollar a year fee to be able to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not as much it fun. Sucks. But uh, that's a that's the problem I have. It's not much fun when you. Don't well, have. so I can take. Uh, and put in a piece of music, um, it gets really gray. Uh, it, you know, if you talk about it or if you're, if you're using the music in such a way that it makes sense with what you're talking about, but it's, it's really gray, uh, and they would have to come after you and it would cost them to come after you. And since we're not monetizing it, it's like, well, well, you the know, other thing too is I, I it's noticed the that fair fair use essentially on a, on a lot of YouTube videos, guys are doing that too. Yeah, They're using clips from other videos. Yeah, and that's that's completely legit as long as you as you comment about it or say something about it or um, 
you know, add to it, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I digress. Con content creators. Oh. So did you get a snowstorm down there yesterday? Uh, yeah, like three inches or something. So there, there's a, another bomb cyclone going to hit. Oh, nice. When? Tennessee. Today. Today. Tennessee, New, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina. I guess they're supposed to get dumped on. Let me see what we've got coming. I don't think we got it. We're just getting lake effect. We got cold. We got cold, cold, cold up here. Yeah, we're it's, we're getting lake effect like, right now. We're we're on the very northern tip of that winter storm thing. Yeah. But it's, it's not going to do much to us. 18 degrees here. Hmm. Yeah, we're at like 20, degrees. something like that. But uh Well, what else? Anything? I can't think of much. No. I'm pretty much I think I'm tapped out. Yeah. I've got uh Got, we're in our second week of Lent here, starting our second week week of Lent tomorrow. Oh, good. So we're uh, still haven't had any alcohol. How about you? I have been ninety percent good. Oh, oh! I know what? I fucked up, but oh. I'm I'm uh, doing very very well. Um, yeah. I did have like a beer when I went to the bowling alley. See, I don't even think a beer is even would count. Well, it should. I, because it's alcohol, it's it's not the form it takes. So I fucked up. Well, I, but I get out of the shower, I put alcohol in my ear. Yeah, but you're not consuming it. You're yeah, you're not consuming it, and that's rubbing alcohol anyway. So right. Yeah. Hey, when did when did Ethan do a Kephart? That was um, that was like three or four years ago. He did one. It looks like every other Kephart. Yeah, it's it's a fucking Kephart. There's not much you can do with them, right? I mean, what what are you gonna do? Like, outdo I, the Kephart that Kephart <laughs> made? Like, there it's know. a dead end. <laughs> I know. Well, why would why wouldn't Kbar just do it themselves? Um, because Ethan has the um track record and and the following to be able to actually sell it because the people that buy his stuff actually do stuff with the knives outside yeah you know the cap part isn't sexy to the mall mall rat dude it's only sexy right. if you are um i don't know larping as a buckskin jeaned dude <laughs> From the 1800s, <laughs> like the guys from that from that show you love so much. Which one's that? The one in Mackinac. Mackinac. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Jim has this uh, Frontier <laughs> Days thing, uh, and I don't know how they get away with it, but like people dress up in all these costumes and crap, and the funniest ones are the guys that dress up as Indians, and they have uh, they they walk around with a bare ass. They got like leggings on. Yeah, but no, it, a leggings and a shirt, and everything and else loin, is naked. Loincloth. Yeah, but th it doesn't cover their butt. It's bare. No, no, it's a it's a loincloth, not a butt cloth. Yeah, so they're walking around in these like leather le leggings and like a bare ass, and it's like something you would see at a gay pride parade. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, 
It's like you think any minute they're going to be like assless chaps. Well, that's essentially what they were wearing. <laughs> Only instead of like a motorcycle jacket and and mo- like the motorcycle hat, they're wearing like headdresses and like beads and shit. <laughs> Did you get your bike out yet? You get your battery charged up your insurance plates the insurance and plates are done i but it's not the weather for it i do need to charge the battery uh because we're going to be needing to ride it yeah i know uh i got to do something with it we need to do a road trip yeah we need to do a triumph road trip yeah maybe over to the porcupines from your place there you go yeah, trailer it up here and we'll go. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. I got to get it up and going again. I changed the oil and stuff on it and put a new battery in it last year, but I haven't. Yeah, I didn't haven't ride it much because it's too goddamn windy in Iowa, Illinois. I'll take. Uh, I'll swap my tires. Get my put my road tires back on. Take those uh, knobbies. Take the knobbies off. Put the road tires back on. Yeah, we can. And, uh, Go, we'll go reserve a site up there. Uh, yep. Do a weekend or something. Fun. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'll be we could podcast all the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd bring my little recorder, my little Olympus. Yeah. Um. So that's a, why did I think you had a TCAS? What's a TCAS? Oh, a recorder like that. I don't know. I I have the Olympus, uh, and I I do have another one with the two microphones yeah. that are crossed, but I've never used it. Like, I've literally never even turned it on. I bought it because I thought I lost the Olympus. Yeah. Is that a TCAS? What? I the don't I don't know. I, it's it's in a box somewhere. I literally never turned it on because as soon as it arrived and I opened it up, I found my other recorder. Oh. And I, I don't know what my, I have one of those with the cross mics too, but I think it's – I thought it was a TCAS. Could be. That or a Zoom or something like that. I, I, yeah, I don't remember. The, the, the best – one of those is the one that I've got that Olympus, which is all, all of the remote episodes of this podcast have been recorded on that Olympus. It's, uh-huh. it's just way better sound. So, you know, uh, the, I think it's a sure microphone. They make a thing that plugs onto the bottom of a, of a iPhone. Oh, okay. A, cr- a crossed microphone set like that. Okay. Yeah. That'd plugs be all right. right into the plugs right into the bottom of it. Yeah. So, like, if you're remote podcasting and you want to use your phone? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, that's a way to do it. Jim went with the Rode NT1, which is a great mic. And then I, because I do music, all of my music mics are sure. Um, It's kind of the industry standard. You'll see guys using Sennheiser and stuff like that. But by far the most common mics I see are sure mics. So if you want to watch some funny videos, watch the watch the microphone shootout videos. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the people geek out about them, and I don't know. Oh my god! You get there are so many. There are so many. It would make you your head spin if you knew how many different style of microphones there are. Yeah, and you, I mean. It's it's mind bending. Well, and there's I would have never. You can go anywhere from an eight dollar microphone to an eight thousand. Yeah, microphone. yeah. The, the the some of the more common broadcast mics are in the four and five thousand dollar range. Like the the cheapest good broadcast mic, like really high quality 
you can get or what you're using and what I'm using. So I'm using right. the um, the Sure, gosh, what's it called? SM7B. Right. And that's that's a really really high quality mic, and so is Jim's. But some of some of these guys that are real picky, uh, like Howard Stern's mic is like six grand or something like that. But um, well, look at the EIB Golden microphone. Yeah, that had to be expensive. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the Museum of Broadcasting History, along with yeah. all of the other hot tapes that went over in the can. Yeah, that had to be that had to be quite expensive. Yeah, well, there's a there's a new guy that's kind of taken his slot in the afternoons now, Jimmy Fela. You ever oh, heard, him? heard him? Yeah, no. he's he's on thirteen sixty down here, and whenever I'm driving, if he's on, I'll listen he, to him. Does he take the whole three hours? Yeah, he's a ex ex cab driver, huh. but he's he's a, a cab driver and slash comedian, so he can speak really well um i i haven't listened to him that much like an hour so one of, total one of the maybe guys, but... one of the guys that took uh filled the slot up here was um oh what's his name he's on fox uh he was the secret service guy oh yeah that guy bongino dan, dan bongino yeah and i like him he's good he's kind of a bomb thrower <laughs> yeah oh yeah J jimmy right. fela is a little bit more chill about stuff <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like his his style. I mean, I don't mind either of them, and it's not like I'm sitting here listening to him all the time. But of the two right. of them, I can relate a little bit better to Jimmy Fela. Yeah, he seems more like so me I, than I was listening to. Uh, I've been uh, hard, there's some new hardcore histories out. Oh, I got to listen to those. And uh, so I, I just turned one on, and it's been. I, I like that guy. Yeah. I don't know why Dan Carlin? Uh, he's not a. He's not a um, he's not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, he's a, probably way more liberal than I'm even gonna say he's liberal. Yeah, he's for free health care for all, universal yeah. basic living yeah. wage, all that bullshit. And, and I'm not and I'm not sure that that doesn't taint some of his uh, some of his storytelling. Yeah, because uh, he because he comes from a a worldview where. Right, it's gonna right. taint your whatever your worldview is. You're gonna see things from that worldview. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know. You got to listen to Prophets of Doom. Oh yeah. That's that's, that's the best one ever. Oh yeah. That's my favorite one you of his. The, the the ones that he did uh, with the um, the cons. Yeah, Wrath of the, the cons. Wrath of the cons. Yeah, that that was, really that was good, good too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say that that one is better but i i like the prophets of doom because it was four hours was that was that the one about world war one no prophets of doom was about uh munster germany oh yeah yeah, yeah the yeah, munster yeah, yeah. rebellion yes 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 yes, yes yeah yes, yeah yes, yes. and you'd really that like that Anabaptist. yeah Anabaptist. i figured you'd really like that one yeah i did like that one i don't remember that was which one it was but i actually suggest that one to quite a few people yeah and a lot of times they don't remember what it was called, but yeah, it's prophets but of he doom. Did, he did one. He did one about World War One that was pretty good. Yeah, that that was that. Yeah, that. Gosh, what was the name of it? It was like a four or five parter. Right. Exactly. And the one exactly. the one he did a, about the development of the atomic bomb and the Cold War was really good too. Well, I don't think I've heard that one. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's like a four or five hour one. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've heard that one. 
So did you see Kings the King's Man yet? Uh-uh. So you you saw the Kingsman, right? No, I I can't say I have. Oh, really? You should watch the. There's two of them. There's the Kingsman and the you, the first one and then the second one. I don't remember the different titles, but they're they're uh, they're pretty good movies. They're pretty funny. Some parts in it are kind of gross, but the fighting scenes are pretty well done. Hmm. Um, I you'd like them. What's the, you'd like the you'd like the first one definitely. I'll watch it. What what's the uh, name of that series uh, about the lady chess player? Oh, um, it was on Netflix. Uh, anyway, it was really yes. good. But I have a funny story about that because that's right around the time that my neck went bad, and I was in the hospital kind of watching that, and I I realized that I didn't have a chess set, and it's the, the game I've always enjoyed. Uh, so I ordered a chess set while I was all high off of, uh, whatever it was they were giving me. Right. And I forgot that I ordered it. So I ordered another one and I forgot that I ordered that one. So I ordered another one and another one and another one. <laughs> and so, uh, I've been giving them away. <laughs> you buy that. You got the same kind I got that Reykjavik, uh, no, I, set? no, I, I didn't buy that one. I bought I only have one really good one. The other ones I bought were like portable ones. Ah, okay. Uh, but I, I did buy a really good um, set. I can't remember the... Stilton? The st something like that? Sta the Staunt Staunton. Yeah. House of Staunton. House of Staunton. Yeah, I, I just bought a um, House of Staunton with their... It, it's kind of a classic. It, right. There's nothing fancy about the pieces or anything. Well, the, the one that I got was the replicas of the ones that uh, Bobby Fisher set Bobby Fisher played on yeah Boris Boris Spassky yeah is that who it was Boris Spassky and, something uh, like that in Reykjavik yeah yeah I and, those are really 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 expensive though I wasn't oh yeah, looking was, to a beautiful set yeah I, I just bought a set to have out so I can play you know yeah and it, it, some of those sets are so much money that you know some kid is fucking around in your living room and knocks over the table with that on it and damages those pieces, you're going to be pretty pissed. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, that's a part of the reality of my life right now, so... Well, I would be, I would be more, I mean, my life would be more like my dog would take it. Well, there you, and chew, chew the nights. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and coincidentally, the nights are where all the detail is, you know? Yeah. And you know that if he got a chance, he would take that and just gnaw the shit out of it. Yep. And good yep. luck replacing it. Yep. You'd have a hard time, I think. Yeah, that that's uh, House of Staunton. They make yeah. really beautiful sets. If you hadn't looked at them, they're incredible. Yeah, they're nice. Um, I, th that's the official chess set of the Knife Journal podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that they make is going to be a winner. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're beautiful. They really are beautiful. Did, did you ever read Bobby Fischer's chess book? Uh-uh. It's really good. It's easy, too. I used to play chess a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, all through school. Yeah, well, we had a chess club. Yeah. Because it, it, it was back when all that Bobby Fischer crap right. was going on. Right. And when... <clears throat> so I, I, I think I was in... I think my first chess club I was in, like, fourth grade... Yeah, that's about right around the same time for me. I started playing, so that's about 1968. 
or 69, something like that. And uh, that's when I started playing. And I haven't played a lot recently, but every once in a while I'll I'll play the computer. Yeah, you should get the you, know, you, sh- you should get that Bobby Fischer chess book off of Amazon. It's an easy read, and it actually is really helpful it, to get back into how to think about it and how to think a bunch of moves ahead. Well, it's what's fascinating is um, the logic that goes into playing chess is a lot of the way I think. Yeah. It, it's like one of those things that, that uh, I'm always like four or five steps ahead. I mean, a lot of my, a lot of people that have known me for a long time have, have said, you know, I got to tell you, when you said that 15 years ago, I didn't think that was going to be true. <laughs> and look at, and today, this is what it is. Well, and they, to be fair, they did, in January, they did try to float uh, him nominating Kamala Harris for, supreme court they did yeah. trial balloon that oh, yeah. and it got shot down because she wants to be vice president because she thinks she's going to be president right so she shot that down but they did trial balloon that yep. there were a couple yep. news stories about it <laughs> and it didn't play well yeah so I, I i'm still my predictions right now are uh, that are on the table are putin's going to get removed yeah that's that's an easy one to see uh Two years, the the midterms are going to be a, a, a complete slaughterhouse. Yes, that's, yep, I agree with that. At, at which time we're going to impeach uh, Biden and Harris, and they're going to be replaced with uh, with somebody. But the, now, the Republicans don't have the guts to do that. Was it you that were telling me that, uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know, because the, have you seen a list of people that are that are running? most of them are military people most of them are like officers military for running for who for though the house for the house of representatives yeah yeah but and the senate. yeah Not but so much senate, they they, they won't do it they they don't have the guts to do it you you've got <sighs> freaking romney in there and all those cucks they won't do I it i don't know i don't know romney seems like he's the new the latest superstar because he predicted all of this with russia yeah remember they they mocked him Oh yeah. yeah Obama and them mocked him. They said uh the 1980s called it wants its worldview back or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, and they're the they're the ones that enrich themselves. You know, I mean that all that Listen, Romney's hands aren't clean either. No, I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they are. But he but he I think they're they're more Yeah. I I won't even say that. All I know is that Joe Biden went to the Ukraine, bitched at them to get rid of that prosecutor that was looking into Burisma oil and his son, Hunter Biden. Yeah. He was sent there specifically by Obama, who, guess what? I'm sure has his fingers involved with well, oil, too. Well, and uh, Hillary Clinton's fingerprints are all over that fucking pipeline. Yep, exactly. Deep up in that shit. Yep, exactly. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, that's a whole nother. I, I about got to get going here. I got to do my rye bread. All right. Well, listen, until next time, people, uh, keep your powder dry. We're in a very tenuous situation. Uh, 
you could be starting to ride horseback here in the next couple months. <laughs> Make sure you plant your victory garden. That's right. Keep your powder dry. Keep your knives sharp. Your friends sharper. And I'm not sure we should be trusting that what our government tells us. Yeah. Don't trust what we say either. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.